Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 59 uh, and it is a midweek episode due to the all-star break. I'm your host Liam Horsley and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ben. How are you doing mate? Very well, thank you. Just had a big swig of tea, warm me up on this cold evening. And uh, we're used to the uh, warm Saturday and Sunday mornings of the UK, aren't we? <laughs> to oh, <record>. yes. Baking, <laughs> usually. How's, uh, how's the week been with the NBA being a bit strange with lot, lots of players resting, lots of stars not playing because of all stars? It's just been a bit random and struggled to keep up with it. Have you still been watching some of the games? Uh, it has been odd. I've been keeping up with my usual morning routine, having my breakfast, trying to catch all the highlights and look at the box scores and stuff. But um, it's still been entertaining nonetheless. Definitely, definitely. A um, few stars missing. I know uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green are going to be missing the game for the Warriors. Don't know why Draymond wants the rest after he's not involved with the All-Star, but if my fancy's a fancy night off. Plan um, for the podcast then. Uh, we are going to do our usual winners and losers segments. Uh, maybe talk about a couple of teams more in depth if we match on them. Uh, then we're going to go through our All-Star predictions at the end. Uh, who's going to win MVP and all the challenges and stuff. Uh, we can't predict who's going to win the game because we're recording this on Thursday evening before they pick the teams. So we're going to just tweet out our prediction on who we think is going to win the game. Uh, and it'll probably be me picking KD's team and Ben's picking LeBron's team regardless of the draft. I don't uh, <laughs> That's just our bias. Uh, and then we'll end talking about our upcoming competition uh, uh, with the best upcoming games. We haven't got any games to pick this week because we're going to give it a week off because I think there's only games on Thursday and Friday uh, next week before we record again. So we're going to miss that segment. But... I may or may have not taken a further lead, so we'll uh, talk about that later. Um, let's kick it off with winners and losers then, but we'll flip it. We'll start with losers, Ben, because I've got a very specific one I want to talk about first. I want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks, uh, a team that have won two games in a row. So why are they losers? They are losers because they fired Lloyd Pierce, um, and they have not really addressed their roster. They've given a guy with a bad defensive team. They've given him loads of players in free agency. They're all bad at defending. I think a lot of us actually overrated the Hawks. Now I look back at it, I think the free agency was good, but they overpaid, really, um, for the players they've got. And there's no defence at all. Rondo doesn't play defence in the regular season. Uh, obviously, Gallo's not known for his defensive play, and neither is Bogdanovic. So I think that they're almost destined to fail. And for me, even though, whether you think Lloyd Pierce is a good coach or not, it's a typical situation where They've done the whole tank with the coach. He's lost all the games, which is what they wanted him to do, to get all these draft picks. He's done that, and then the minute the team should be good, uh, and they're still near the playoffs now, uh, they fire the coach. And really, I think it's the GM that's made some dodgy draft picks and, and to be honest, added some average players in free agency at overrated prices. So, for me, they're just a loser because how they've handled it. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing as an organisation, to be honest. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because... Individually, as players, there's some real talent on this roster. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can push aside like Rondo was talented, but he's getting a bit past it. But even Bogdan Bogdanovic should be an incredible player, and he is at times. But injury and I don't know, he just doesn't seem to shine in club. Like for his country, he is phenomenal. But in on the sort of NBA standard, he's barely ever kind of like puts his head above the kind of parapet. Um, Gallinari, again, he's not going to carry a team, but he is a massive contributor. Clint Capella, fantastic centre. One of the, you know When he's switched on and, and you're playing him right, he's one of the best centres in the league. And some developing talent in John Collins and Kevin Herter. And the, the pieces seem to be there on paper, but it doesn't fit for, for whatever reason. Yeah, and you've got, like, even that, John Collins, a player they should be keeping. He's perfect to play alongside Trey Young. Uh, and they haven't sorted him out with a long-term deal. They're just letting him sit there, and there's a chance that someone could offer him a better deal and he could leave. He's um, in I, so many trade talks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's because they haven't locked him down. It's just another, I think, the, the front office for me uh, has just really, really struggled. And I'm not saying Lloyd Pierce is a great, was a great coach and did enough with this team this year, but they have had loads of injuries this year. Uh, and they're still, what, a game and a half? Well, I know they've won two in a row, so they were two and a half games back from the sixth seed. And if, the six, if they finish in the sixth seed, everyone would say, oh, Lloyd Pierce has done enough. He'll get one more year now to see if he can kick them on again. But uh, I think they've just jumped the gun a little bit. 
Uh, and there's a lot of rumours about them listening to Trey Young and Trey Young didn't like Pierce. And then the, and now a little bit of added info, they've obviously got Nate McMillan in as their coach, someone that you like, yeah, uh, who who's friends with Lloyd Pierce. But apparently those same players that didn't like um, Lloyd Pierce have already come out and said they wanted a brand new coach. They didn't want someone from the current regime that's got the same ideas as Pierce. So it's almost like the, the players think they're better than they actually are in a sense. And they've got this other coach who... Nate McMillan, who, yes, may struggle a little bit in the playoffs, but his regular season record's phenomenal. Uh, in Indiana, he was praised for how well he got on with players and his relationship with stars. Uh, and even people like Paul George, who left, still talked highly of him. Um, but for some reason, the Hawks players, again, uh, wanted a different coach. They didn't like that idea. So I just think that the whole organisation's a bit backwards for me, and I think they need a new GM. And they maybe need a couple of vets to, to kind of shore this roster up, because I just think they're too young, and maybe they think they're better than they truly are for me. Yeah, you think someone like like Rondo, a strong personality and a, a vet that, especially someone like Trey Young, needs to be listening to as a point guard, having one of the you know upper echelon point guards in sort of NBA history on your team. You'd think he'd have a stronger presence and be kind of keeping that team straight, but maybe it's a bit of a tough job on your own kind of thing because there's a lot of young players on this team. Two years, three years, one year. Two, three rookies. It's just, yeah, maybe they do need a, a little bit more of a veteran presence. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's become a thing around the league. Like people here of like, oh, LeBron and Harden and Durant or whatever, they've all had their say in who's coaching them, blah, blah. But yeah, okay, they have an opinion on who coaches. But realistically, it's not been down to them who's hired and fired a coach. And if these young players think they have that kind of power, and them being snotty and stuff is going to result in them getting exactly what they want, then, all right, he may be a cornerstone of your franchise at this point in time. But for me, if if I'm the owner of that team, like my key players being an idiot, I just out him and trade him. And just, you don't want, I know you want a winning franchise, but do you want that hassle? Yeah, they're going to have to see if it's a long-term issue, I think. Um be just to see what coach they go full time if they're already not liking the, the idea of naming Millet. We'll have to see what they do. Uh, but the last kind of topic on the Hawks I want to ask you is: Would you trade John Collins now and get loads back for him or as much as you can? With the fact that Clint Capella is under contract, who will probably play center. Gallinari, you've thrown loads of money at, and even though he's got health issues, he may want to start a power forward. Do, or, or do you think Collins, like me, is as good as you're going to get, and they should probably just offer him a big deal and keep him? What are your thoughts? I really like him, and and I think him and Trey Young is a great partnership offensively. Certainly, um, I obviously Trey Young doesn't bring it defensively, but John Collins <laughs> does and can when he wants to. Yeah, he'll be a huge loss to them, but he I think teams out there can see his potential, see his talent, and probably be willing to give up a fair bit for him. So I think with the amount of sort of power forwards they've got to choose from and centres, you could get away with getting rid of him and, and getting some other pieces back. Like you said, maybe some more veteran presence on a sort of a better contract than what there is on the roster at the moment might help steady the ship. Yeah, because they drafted Isaac Okonga as well, didn't they, in the draft? So he's another forward that will play a power forward. Um if they want to trade John Collins, then the Mavs will listen because that is a perfect player to play with uh, Luka Doncic, I think. Um, almost similar to Trey Young in terms of the fit. I think him and Luka would be great together. Yeah, And I know, I think the Celtics were mentioned as well as a team that might want to trade. That That's a great fit as well. So we'll have to see. We've got trade deadline coming up this month, haven't we? So we'll do a whole episode on, on talking about those things. But if I was a Hawks fan, I, I would just be a little bit worried. Um, but cool, let's move on from them then. Talk about whoever your first loser of the week is. Um, there's a bit of a theme to my losers this week. Uh, let's start with the Utah Jazz. Oh no, I thought you were going to go there, fortunately for them. They've had a bad, bad week. Yeah, they've had a bit of a shocker this week. They've lost two on the bounce, one of those being to the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, which was an overtime game. And um, interesting little... Set two in that with um, Mitchell getting a double technical and um, being sent out of the game in overtime, which some would say swayed the game for them. Some would say 
didn't really affect the overall outcome. But um, I think it definitely made a difference. I don't know if you've seen the footage of what exactly happened. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm on Mitchell's side with this one. <laughs> it's all a bit difficult to tell, really. Embiid goes in, claims he's been fouled and calls for a technical. And for some reason, it gets called on. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it comes about. But um, it's a shame as well, because Mitchell had an incredible night as well. He was yeah, I think they, they win if he stays in the game for me. He was scoring for fun. He was doing absolutely everything. Nobody could stop him, inside and out. Um, yeah, overall, like they've lost three out of four games now as a team. Do you think there's anything in that? Or is it just a little bit of regression to the mean? Like We, we both said and were a little bit wrong on them and stuff but and praised them loads, but they probably still were slightly overperforming where they should be with the numbers they were hitting from three. So do you think there's just a little bit of regression back to the mean and they're a bit more normal? Or do you think this could be a bit start of a bit more of a bigger slide? Yeah, perhaps it's levelling out. I mean, you look back at their sort of past kind of records this season there's a two game losing streak and then like a what's this eight game winning streak and then another couple of games and then another kind of 10 game winning streak and then a loss and then two games and a loss and I just think they're quite a potentially streaky team and the problem is you don't want them getting too far into a losing streak and not being able to then pull themselves back out again and dig themselves a big hole especially yeah. now they're really opening up this lead over the rest of the Western Conference. So it'd be a shame to kind of let it drop off now. But they've got the all-star break to kind of regather themselves and, and um, have a bit of rest, but also, you know, get in the gym and kind of pick up on where it is lately they might have been going wrong. The shooting, I agree, is not going to stick. With majority of three-point teams, you you kind of live and die by it and... It's not going to be there every night. Um, so they've got to cope with that. And if that's the kind of route they're going to and committing to, and it's you know it's done them well so far, so why not? They're going to have to learn to cope with the nights where it's not falling. Yeah, definitely. They're still top of the, the Western Conference, like we said, but lost a couple of games now. Uh, up to nine losses for the season, so not many at all, but... Their benefit is they haven't missed many games due to COVID reasons. So they've actually played a lot more than some of these other teams. They've got 27 wins. So they're still quite comfortably top of the West. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a position they're just going to want to stay in now. I think we're, what, nearly, well, we're halfway, over halfway through the season for some teams and under halfway through for others. And I think they'll be happy if they continue with a with a sort of similar streak of a couple of games lost here and then go on a four, five, six game winning streak. I think the Jazz will be happy with that overall. Yeah, and even after these two latest losses, they're still top three in offense and defensive rating. So, mm-hmm. statistically, they're still not a bad team. It's just, mm-hmm. I think, a small lull. Yeah, and statistically, any team that's top in the top five for both those categories always gets to the finals. I think 19 years in a row now, if you're top five in both, you get to the finals. So, they'll want to stay there uh, and prove see if they can beat the Lakers or Clippers or whoever in the West Conference and and prove that that stat is something that, that will carry on. Um, cool. Well, I'll go on to my next loser then. This is a joint one. Uh, this is the Timbulls Rockets combined. Wow. Um, we can't really uh, we can't really go a losers without talking about them, but we do talk about them a lot, so we'll kind of brush through it. But it's 22 losses in a row now combined for the two franchises, which is terrible. Uh, both teams very, very poor in defensive rating. It's that that we just spoke about for the Jazz. And the reason I put them together is actually if the Rockets continue, who they're on a bigger loser streak now than Timberwolves. If the Rockets continue to lose, it could actually hurt the Tim, the Timberwolves draft position. Uh, if the Rockets end up finishing in the bottom uh, of that conference and the Pistons in the East, you never know. Timberwolves could have the third worst record in the league. And like we've mentioned so many times, that uh, there's just this small chance they their pick could be four or five and go to the Warriors, which would be an absolute nightmare. So I think. They're both losers, but I actually think the Timberwolves are losing even more because the Rockets are losing. They need the Rockets to win a couple of games just so they can finish with the worst record and and try and get the first pick in the draft. I'd love to get into the mentality of a team, especially like the Timberwolves. You have two superstars who have kind of fought to be on a team together and are still kind of not completely proven in their or sort of all-star potential and are on a team that are losing 
by a lot. And like, where are they at? Are they doing this on purpose? Are they just genuinely a bad team? Because like, it could be either. Um, <laughs> I mean, bad team. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's more likely that, but it must be tough for them because they must be sat at home going like, I'm better than this. I'm one of the best centres or point guards in the league. Why are we not winning? Yeah, I agree. Especially Cat himself. He's yeah. He's had a rough year with a lot of stuff going on with his family as well. And I think that, I, I don't know, it would not shock me if it just, this is not what's been said. And I think he said the opposite, but it would not shock me if he just ended up asking for a trade this off season. Uh, just to get a fresh, fresh, like fresh place to live, fresh scenery, brand new start. Because he's had a very tough eighteen months, uh, and on the basketball court, it's not been great for for the last four years, has it? To be honest, so no. it would not shock me completely if he did ask for a trade. Uh, maybe we could see a little, uh, little Chris Paul, DeAndre, and for cat trades, get Booker and Cat together. I'm just going to throw that idea out. Wow. Uh, Send CP3 to, to, to Minnesota. I think he'd just retire, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> he, he paid for himself to be bought out. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Timberwolves are a bit of a mess. The Rockets are a lot, it's a lot more explainable. And whilst we're talking about the Rockets, they also offered Victor Oladipo a two-year extension uh, to try and keep them in and, and kind of add another reason why the Harden trade was good. But he's turned that down. Apparently, he wants a much longer, much more lucrative deal. So it sounds like Oladipo's still after a max contract, which that's a different issue in terms of when we go and talk about free agency. But it's not great for the the Rockets that they're offering someone coming off an injury a nice big deal for two years and, and they've turned it down and want to go elsewhere. I think it says a lot about the franchise. Uh, and I think we could see these two teams with maybe the Kings well, and the Thunder, to be honest, who are trying to lose just almost being bad for another couple of years unless something happens in the draft next year. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, we'll move on to the next one then. Uh, who's your next team in the losers list? Uh, my next team on the losers list, um, just put your hand up and or shout out whenever you see the theme that I'm going down here, is the LA Lakers. Um, one of the top teams in the West. They are currently on a two-game losing streak. Um, and they just don't look great at the moment. Obviously, LeBron was sat out um, last night. They've lost AD for a while. They haven't had Schroeder around, and you're starting to sort of see the holes that the two superstars kind of cover up behind the scenes. Saying that, Montrezl Harrell, Kuzma, and, Sh- and Schroeder have been playing really well. They're putting points up. But defensively, they look completely different. The shape is just all over the place. Um, Kuzma's getting pulled out sort of towards a three-point line and can't cover back like AD can, like over the top of players driving in. Um, And, well, they've also not had their centre in Marc Gasol, who, either way, I haven't been massively impressed with anyway, but all these players out is making a difference to this Lakers team. Um, and I think they need to really take sort of stock during this all-star break and get their players back to health and, and get everybody back and get working as that cohesive unit again. Otherwise, they could see themselves slipping quite quickly at this rate. Yeah, I wonder if your theme is uh, top of the West, two-game losing streaks. Uh, there's, well, another team, there's another team up there, so maybe... Um, but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying about the Lakers. They miss AD so much. Um, and I've just read a lot of reports that that injury is not ideal. Uh, it can be aggravated rather easily. And if I think they need to rest him as long as possible, even if that means being a fifth seed in the West, which is crazy to think of uh, with how heavily favoured they were at the start of the year. But uh, I don't think they should rush him coming back because without him, there's just no way they win the title. Uh, there's just no way. The West is too strong. It's not like the East with, when LeBron was with the Cavs where he could pretty much get to the finals quite easily and then they could put everything on him in the yeah. finals. And and I know they won the one finals um, with Kyrie, when Kyrie was there. But he, if AD's not there, he hasn't got Kyrie. You know, He hasn't got a level of player side him like that. And he'd have to beat some really good teams in the Blazers, Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, Mavs, Warriors, like the West is a gauntlet, just to get to the finals. And then you're probably still going to play a team that's maybe not as good as the Warriors teams. Obviously, you played before, but still a good team. So 
I think that there'd be a lot more on LeBron's shoulders. They need AD. Uh, and I think if he's injured at all in the playoff for any series, I think unless LeBron goes absolutely nuclear and the other team maybe struggles shooting from three or something, I think that they would really struggle. So the whole season now is about getting AD healthy, I think. Do you think if if uh, AD isn't healthy, and bearing in mind LeBron is five or six years older, is this team minus AD worse or better than that Cavs team he took to the finals minus Love and Kyrie Irving that year? His starting lineup was Delavadova, J.R. Smith. Yeah, Hitt, this team's better. Mozgov <laughs> and. God knows who else. Shumper. <laughs> yeah, no, this team is better. Um, but like I said, my issue with that is, yeah, they're better, but they're going to face three t- t- tough, tougher rounds than the East. Yeah, especially sure. the East. Especially the East. Then back, back then, the fifth and sixth seed with like under five hundred teams. Yeah. Whereas the West, you're going to get a ten seed is probably going to be above five hundred at the moment. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I think that's a better team, but it's in a much worse circumstance. Uh, and obviously, his age doesn't help, but I don't think it makes much of a difference. I still think he's the same level as he probably was four years ago. But the West will be too hard. So I think Lakers fans will be be praying that AD comes back healthy and, and they can have those two stars trying to trying to win them games and hopefully improve the defense in the paint. Like you said, I think that'll be a, a key underrated area. Then people forget yeah. when AD doesn't play for me. I think nice. Um, cool. Well, my last team then is not the same team as you, which is good. Uh, I've gone with the Magic. We spoke about them again last time, so it's another one to kind of quickly mention. But injuries still getting the better of them. Apparently, they're also not not listening to trade calls for for Vooch, which makes sense. But they just like him too much and they want him to stay. So that doesn't necessarily make them a loser. But I just think that they've had five losses in a row now. A couple a couple of winnable games they didn't win. Uh, and my point to this was. It's time to blow it up, I think. I would just blow it up and stop this constant year. It is great. There's some teams like the Knicks that haven't got to the playoff for years. And if you offered them eighth seed, they'd love it. The Magic have had that so many times now. But it gets to a point where you need to strive for more. And even though you shouldn't want to trade your best players, none of their players are ever going to be number one on a, on a title-winning team. And they're probably never going to be number two on a title-winning team, arguably. Uh, I know some some Magic fans disagree with that, but that's my my opinion. And I just think it's time to to trade some assets, get some picks, to actually lean into this losing streak to try and get a, a top six, seven pick in the, the draft and see if you can break into that top five even and and just see where you go. It's a really strong draft this year. So if you get a top six pick, you're going to get a real, real good player. Uh, and if you get someone else's pick for Vujicic and for Aaron Gordon and for Fournier, uh, maybe you can either trade up again to, to a number one pick and package it all together, or you can have three goes at picking in the top 20 uh, and see what stars you can get. So for me, I just think they're losers if they try and hold on to these players because I think they need to completely start again. You've got Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony and Fultz that can play next year. They're three young pieces. And I think if you add another star to them, another younger star, you can have another three or four year window to, to try and grow as a team like the Hawks did rather than just stick in the, the eight to 10 seed range as they will for me. Yeah, and if you're going to do it, you need to do it now because I think Aaron Gordon's stock has already dropped a massive amount just because he's so injury-prone. He is yeah. a talented player. His shot has developed a lot more than it used to be. He used to just be all athleticism, but he's now got a bit more of a basketball brain and, and a bit more versatile range of skills. And Vucevic is uh, just an absolute machine, double-double machine, and teams will want him. And they'll pay for him, especially those going for a championship that need a bit of extra size. Like like we say, the, the Celtics always looking for a bit of size. The Clippers always looking for a bit of size. Um, so that's where they need to be marketing him in, in these kind of camps and, and just get as much as possible, like you said, because they, they have still got windows in, like you said, three or four years' time where who knows what, what could have happened. They could have got a couple of good draft picks and... Because the, the, the young players they have got on their team have developed. Like you said, Markel Fultz looks like a completely different player to what he was in Philly. Confident, mm-hmm. shots better. He's just playing with kind of, yeah, just confidence. And it, working, it was working as well. He looked incredible this season. It's such a shame that he got injured. So I'm kind of starting to swing down to your side as well and say they need to think definitely think about blowing this up. 
Yeah, you won't get much more for Vooch than you would now. Uh, I think it seemed like the Celtics or the Warriors or maybe even the Mavs would 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 kind of bite your hand off. I think for for a player like that. So we'll have to see what they do. They've got a trade deadline upcoming, and and maybe they'll make some moves. We shall see. Uh, cool. Well, I won't go on to your last team then, even though I've spoiled who I think it may be already. Yeah, nice. No, you spotted the pattern. It's the LA Clippers. Three teams atop the East who we put in their own kind of box have kind of have been uh, their party's been interrupted by the Phoenix Suns um, jumping up ahead of the LA teams. Not quite enough to catch Utah at the moment, but these no, teams, no one can ever catch Utah. No, <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. These mini streaks, these two LA, the mini losing streaks, these two LA teams keep going on. Whether it's because they're sitting stars out, or whether it's because of injuries, or or whether it's because LA Clippers are playing a team with a center who can actually play basketball, and then they can't get rebounds or play inside, then they need to sort this out really quickly. Um, I know they're both probably in the mindset of let's just make a top four seed at the least, and we don't need home court advantage or whatever, but. It's a competitive Western Conference. They don't want to let teams kind of smell blood in the water. Otherwise, they will come for them um, and start knocking them off as well. So they just need to be careful. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's been little signs of, of, of almost Larsh's Clippers, haven't they? In terms of some of like the implosion late in games, um, which I guess... I know it could be us over-exaggerating a little bit, but I just think that there's a pattern with this team and the stars kind of need to write the ship for me. Uh, and it's funny, like you said, that the both LA teams do keep doing these little streaks. Um, and they do almost mirror each other at times, don't they? Like, when one goes on a bad run, the other one goes on a bad run rather than pulling away, you know, from each other. Um, and I'm just, I'm just not sure what's going to happen. I think, Do you think they could be involved with a trade um, before the deadline? For me, I think they're a prime candidate to try and add one more player. Clippers definitely. They're yeah. they're hungry for another point guard or, or a centre with a bit more size. Like Ibaka is great, but he's not the Serge Ibaka of even one season ago. Let alone, you know, when he was getting blocks for days and shooting threes. <laughs> and he's just not that athletic anymore. Um, Zubac, I think, is brilliant for his size and what they're paying him. I think he's great, but. <clears throat> He's nothing compared to these premier kind of centers, your your Joel Embiid's and your Jokic's and stuff. Like he can hold his own for a bit, but then if you've got Serge Ibaka coming off your bench or whatever, and he's only got a good couple of minutes in him before he loses his athleticism and gets tired, then where do you go? So for for me, if I was the Clippers, I'd be shoring up that big defensive option. Uh, I know a lot of they they've been in talks with maybe training for um, Kyle Lowry, someone like that, to shore up their point guard option. But realistically, when it gets to the playoffs, um, someone like Patrick Beverly or Lou Williams isn't going to be that main ball handling point guard. That's going to go to Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So for me, it doesn't make too much difference who they've got there. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm a big fan of them trying to add Kyle Lowry, to be honest. But if there's a centre out there they like, then that that's another option to go down. I just think there's a chance that Andre Drummond could get bought out and then it'll be Clippers and, and Nets and Lakers will, will just be all fine out for, for Drummond. Uh, but we'll have to see. I think they could strengthen either end. I think they're pretty set on the wings, but I think they could add a guard or a centre to try and ensure themselves up a little bit defensively and, and, and maybe some more points around the rim. But we yeah. shall have to see. Um, cool, well, let's go on to winners then. Uh, why don't we start off, and maybe this is on your list as well, team that's related to the three teams you just spoke about. Let's talk about the Suns. Um, three wins in a row, uh, one win against the Lakers, and they're now up to second in the West, like you said. What are your thoughts on the Suns, and were they on your list as well? Uh, they weren't on my list. I feel a bit guilty having mentioned them breaking up this upper <laughs> echelon party in the West and then not putting them on my winners of the week. But... <laughs> They're just playing solid basketball, aren't they? It kind of feels like Chris Ball has been the person to sort of just gel them a bit better. Everybody's playing, kind of everybody's stepped up and playing better than they were last season. 
Um, yeah, it just looks, it's really fun team basketball to watch. I, I haven't sat and watched a, a full Suns game yet this season, but I've watched a couple of extended highlights and it's just so good to watch. So, uh, yeah, I'd advise watching Suns at the moment. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, they got the, the the Warriors tonight when we're recording, and that's going to be the game without Stefan Stephen Draymond. So you probably expect another win there for them to help them creep up the rankings. Uh, and I just think Chris Paul's made a hell of a difference. Mikael Bridges for me could be a future star of the league. He's only improving more and more. We spoke about him a few times with with CJ and um, a couple of those episodes, and I know he loves Mikael Bridges. And I think the whole league is starting to realise how good he is. Uh, and I just think that they're a really good team. They've probably done better, if I'm honest, than I thought. They've definitely they definitely shone more. But it shouldn't surprise you when they got Chris Paul because he's such a dominant player and such a hard worker. That I think he he kind of rubs off on his on his teammates in that sense. But a good week for the Suns. Probably going to go to four wins in a row tonight, like I said. Uh, and they're probably the surprise of the West. So yeah, who's uh, who's your first team on your list? Uh, first team on my list. It's nice to talk about them again in a bit more of a positive light. But it's the Boston Celtics. They were on my list as well. So let's talk about them in, in some depth. So five and five in the last ten, but on a three-game winning streak currently. Um, they're just looking a little bit healthier, aren't they? Um, Kemba looks healthier, doesn't he, as well? Which can be a bit on and off, kind of his health. But when he plays well and he's hitting from three like he is this week, I think that they look even more dangerous, don't they? Yeah, and that seems to be their missing link at the moment. Although they are um, missing Marcus Smart massively, like he's not just their defensive anchor, but he's kind of seems to be the glue that holds them together as well. He, uh, without him, and then when Kemba's not at full strength, then it's just kind of reliant on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who are incredible players, but they're still only three and four years in the league. Like there's still situations they come up against that they've never faced before. And you're kind of, that's when you turn to your vets, like you, Marcus Smart, who has seen a, a lot of action, and you, Kemba Walker and stuff, and, and say, what do we do here? What's the, what's the best play? Um, and that kind of cool head. And it, it definitely helps when they're out on the, on the court and at full health. So, um, it's yeah, it's just so good to see teams. That's what we want to see, teams at full strength going at each other. And um, it's really good to see the Celtics kind of getting back to that position. Yeah, definitely. They're up to, to fourth now in the in the East. Uh, What's well, four wins from five, I think, and three wins, three wins in a row, like you said. Uh, eighteen and seventeen overall, so they're back above five hundred now. Uh, and they look like a prime candidate with the Heat, really, to just secure that fourth spot. Uh, no offense to the Knicks, but I do think they'll they still could easily finish in the top eight. And what a great season that would be! But I think that the Celtics are going to be really targeting that fourth seed just for now and then maybe see if they can even catch the, the Bucks going forward. But I think defensively, like you said, with Smart and that, they've really secured uh, secured the paint a little bit better, giving away less open threes as well, which helps. Uh, and like, like I said earlier, I think Kemba just hitting shots just helps. Uh, he's never going to be great defensively, but you can't have him being bad defensively and then missing shots on the other end because at the money he's paid, that's just not going to work. Um, and I know we've spoken about the trade deadline a few times already, but they've got that huge exception. And I think they will definitely add a player, whether that player's a good level or not, or how high a player, or if they chuck in picks, or if they just add like a, a bench player just to add a bit more of option. We'll have to see. But I think they'll add at least one player to their rotation in the next few weeks. And I think that'll be exciting. I think it can help kind of revitalize them and take them up again, which will be good because we both had them as. I think you had them as the one seed in the East and I had them as the yeah. the three seed. So we're, we're both very high on them. So it'd be nice to see them kind of fulfil those expectations to a point, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be good to see them kind of continue this form. Yeah, I like to watch Tatum play in big games. It's fun. So the, the more wins they can get, the better. Um, cool. Well, I've only got one team left now on my list because we matched there. So why don't you tell us your next team? Um, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, Joel Embiid. I read a good start. I think it was something like 40 points and 10 rebounds or 15 rebounds stats. Yeah. Uh, he's had five games this year and the whole NBA's had four apart from him. He is just killing it. And that was 40 points and 15 rebounds with Gobert as his opposition. 
which is phenomenal. Like you're going up against who is potentially the best defensive centre in the league and you're dropping 40 on him. Um, That's Zion and Embiid now in a week that has dominated Gobert, which interesting to see that maybe some people can go go at him and drive and score around the rim. It's good to see. Yeah, definitely. So they've beaten Indiana and uh, Utah this week. Both got great defensive centres and Embiid's lit it up. They're still just working brilliantly as a team. Ben Simmons seems to be just doing whatever the team needs him to do. Um, they've got Seth and Danny Green spread in the floor. Tobias Harris is still balling out this season. And they're getting great kind of bench production as well from Matisse Thibault and Tyrese Maxey and Shake Melton. Like, this is a great team. And it's really good to see. Even Dwight Howard's contributing really nicely for this team. Um, they are also linked with trade rumours. Um, with Toronto to, to get Kyle Lowry because he's from Philly as well. Um, That'd be another good option for him, I think. I'd like that that trade. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really good option. It could be that he comes off the bench, but he'll probably be in that finishing lineup, maybe over a Danny Green or a Seth Curry. Um, I think Danny Green would probably have to go back to, to Toronto for enough to make them, the numbers work. Yeah, that's very but, true. Which... Uh, isn't a bad thing. Not that we hate Danny Green, but uh, very overpaid. So I, wouldn't, I don't think they'd mind. They'd probably have to chuck in a young player, though, wouldn't they? Like Murray Steibel, which is a bit disappointing. But if you want to trade for an ex-All-Star who's still playing really well, you're going to have to give up something. That's just the way the league works, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just down to them whether they want to give up the way they're playing now and the potential some of these younger players have to kind of fully buy into this win-now uh, attitude it, you know, it could go either way for them. Do you upset the apple cart and pull the trigger, or do you just stick with what you got because it's working? Difficult to say. But um, the rosters, the rotations shorten in playoff times, and maybe someone like Kyle Lowry, who's been there and done it, could be the missing piece for them when it comes to playoff time. Potentially, yeah. Another person in the fourth quarter to to help when when teams collapse on on Ben Simmons. I think. We'll have to see. Um, cool. Well, I agree with them. everything you said on them. that They are playing well. And Embiid is a, almost a shoe-in now, I think, for, for MVP for me. Um, well, my last team then, another MVP candidate in my eyes, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, three wins in a row. They did one of those without Luka as well. Very rare that when Luka doesn't play that the team wins. But I think he's missed two games in the last 20 now, and they've won both. So uh, that- quite, su- quite surprising. That game in particular really stood out to me because it's one of the lowest scoring games I've seen in the past like three years. It was like 82 to 75 or something. Yeah, just locked in defensively about yeah. Luca and said that they were just going to not give up points and hopefully score enough to win, which was nice to see, to be fair. Um, they have got some good defenders, but those good defenders necessarily aren't heavy in their rotation. So when you're missing Luca. Uh, in your rotation, you know you're going to get to play people more minutes, more guards, more minutes. So I think they can, they definitely focused on that score uh, on that end of the floor. Cause it was quite funny when I, I didn't watch that game live. Um, when I watched it the next morning, I was three three quarters way through the game, and I was thinking, God, this is going to be a low score and finish, but they're still won by nearly ten points. So uh, I think that was against the Thunder as well. So successful game. Um, they beat the Magic we spoke about before, 130, 124, which was not a defensive game. Um, did really well against the Nets, but they didn't have Kyrie or KD, so kind of expected. Lost to the 76ers in a close, uh, in a not in a close game, sorry. But then before that, they, they had another three wins in, in the four games before that. So they've had a really good streak recently. They got themselves back into a good position in the West. Uh, they're eighth now. Uh, and with the Spurs, uh, kind of winning one, losing one at the moment. And the Warriors have lost a couple. Uh, the Blazers lost a couple before they went on this recent winning streak, so things are looking a lot more be- uh, a lot more positive for the Mavs. Uh, they're highly linked with um, JJ Redick at the moment, which would be very interesting. Depending on what they give up, if they don't have to give up a lot, like a second rounder and an expiring contract, for me, I think that, that that could be quite a nice move just to add some shooting because you know Luca just creates so many open shots. Yeah, that's that would be a really good piece for them and uh, kind of veteran presence as well. He's another player that's been there and done that. I mean as good as Paul Zingas and, and Doncic are, they don't have many players around them that can kind of guide them in those difficult moments. 
Um, and as we've said, these kind of winning streaks have sort of become more regular since Porzingis has been back, which we've said all along. Like, as good as he is, he's not going to win on his own. He needs that additional piece in Porzingis to be there and kind of draw attention um, and do his thing as well. Um, it's just, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, as you said, they've got all these defensive players that they can play and it shows it can work. So do they even think about during the regular season maybe reducing Doncic's minutes slightly, A, to save him, and B, to get these defensive players out there and kind of hold on to leads in the third quarter? Could be an option to think about going forward. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, Luca does play a lot of minutes. Um, very competitive, though, so you'd have to definitely try and talk him round to that idea because <laughs> uh, he's very competitive. But yeah, when they when they get back after the All-Star, they've got uh, the Spurs, Thunder, and then the Nuggets. There's a real good chance you can try and win all three games then and really climb back up those rankings. So I think that uh, things are looking good. Uh, and they, I think for me, they will definitely make a trade. Uh, them and the Celtics, I see as two teams that will almost definitely make a trade. But like I said with the Celtics, I'm not sure what level of trade that's going to be, depending on how, if they want to wait till free agency, because they've got max slot next year, the Mavs. They don't need to, to go all out now, but they might want to add a piece just to, to say, oh, AD might not be fit. The, Cle- the Clippers can implode. We've seen the Jazz lose playoff games with big leads before. Um, so if we add a shooter, can we try and, and get to a Western Conference Finals? You never know. When you've got a player like Luka, Arguably, unless you're against LeBron, he could be the best player on the court for in any single series in the West. So, yeah, um, there's a chance. Like I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he said, when you've got Luca putting up these numbers, even though there's better teams than you, every single year you've got a chance because he could win two or three games on his own in the series. But you just need to make sure there's enough scoring or defense, whichever way you go around him. So, I think it'll be interesting in a few weeks. But it's nice to see them winning a few more games and give Luca some confidence going into All Star. Um, cool. Well, what's your your this is your last team then on your winners list? Yeah, uh, not a team. Go an oh. individual. Nice. Uh, I'm going to show some love to Indiana Pacer TJ McConnell. Uh, Mr. Steel, Mr. Steel, your girl. Mr. <laughs> Steel, your balls. Um, <laughs> nine steals in the first half, ten in total. Got a triple double. Ten steals, sixteen points, thirteen assists absolutely redonkulous numbers. It doesn't matter who they were playing against. We won't talk about that. But <laughs> what a game from him. And some of the steals are just brilliant as well. They looked really, really good that night. So I think I'd put him on my losers list, actually, because to only get one steal in the second half when you had 25 minutes to go, um, <laughs> I think the NBA record was 12 steals. Uh, and he only got one in the second half. So TJ be on my losers list because I just think you should have gone and done it. You should have got that dove, got that record. Yeah, just start stealing everything and committing. And if you miss, oh well, the other team's probably going to score an open layup. But you got to get your, got get your thirteen steal. I'd quite like um, to see who's on the list of triple doubles that are uh, steals, <laughs> assists, and points. I think Draymond might have done it. Yeah, Draymond will be up there. Uh, Draymond, I don't know if LeBron in the old days, maybe, but I doubt it, to be honest. Maybe, maybe Gary Chris Paxton. Paul. Chris Paul, potentially, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. Some homework for you there, Ben. Go and research that. Maybe. Yeah, I might have a look into that. Cool. All right, well, that's this week's winners and losers then. Let's go on to our all-star predictions. Um, we're going to predict uh, the major categories. Can't predict the game, like we said earlier. Uh, let's start with the, the, the probably the easiest one because we have no real <laughs> basis of explanation with this and we don't even know the teams. Uh, but who do you think could be the all-star MVP? Maybe give us a couple of your options and, and just who you decided to go with in the end. Uh, it's difficult to pick, isn't it? Because it all depends on A, who kind of catches fire early and who gets given the minutes. Um, there's a lot of potential options out there. You could go with the classics like your LeBrons and your Kevin Durant and your uh, James Hardens. But I I want to go with someone that might be a little left field. Well, maybe not left field because they're all incredible players. But <laughs> maybe a Kyrie goes for it because he's had sort, kind of um, such bad press recently in terms of his run with the Celtics and time off and not talking to the press. Maybe he kind of wants to prove a point. 
Um, maybe one of the young guns kind of steps up, trying to prove a point as well. Um, but I think because of his kind of such a strong link with Kobe and because that's who this is all about now, the All-Star Games, everybody's playing in honour of Kobe and um, so they should. Incredible player. And kind of almost being a snub and having a point to prove. But I think Devin Booker is going to step up big time God. and go for All-Star MVP. I don't know if he'll play enough minutes, to be honest. That's what I said. As long as minutes are allocated to him and he shows he's caught fire at that point, I think he's got it in him. Very interesting. We shall have to see. Um, my pick was a lot less uh, for the field there. Um, I agree with you that there'll be a few players, obviously, that are up for it. And it'll be whoever wins the game's best player will obviously get it. Uh, but one thing we see a lot in the All-Star games is dunks and three-pointers. Uh, what do I enjoy more? Probably three-pointers. So I went with the best three-point shooter in the world. I think the MVP after a year away from the All-Star game is going to be Steph Curry. Uh, I think he'll be picked first, second, or third, regardless. Um, uh, so I think he'll he'll obviously get good minutes. Uh, he's resting at the moment as well, so I think he really wants to go for it. So for me, I think Steph Curry is going to win the MVP, but it would not shock me if LeBron did either. But I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Uh, Kawhi Leonard won it last year. He was on my kind of thinking, but I don't think he'll go for it at the same level as he did last year. So I'm going to go with uh, with Mr. Curry. Yeah, that's a great pick. I think Devin Booker as well, by the way, will um, will have incredible odds to be the MVP. Uh, I'm trying to Google them now to see what they are, but I bet his odds are just amazing because <laughs> uh, he won't even, like I said, he won't even be starting. So there'll be at least, what, not 10 players that are... Uh, they're above him in, in terms of that. Um, but whilst I'm pulling that up, then let's talk about the other categories. Uh, let's start with the worst event at All Star, the Skills Challenge. Uh, bigs versus Smalls always makes me laugh. Firstly, um, just as a little point, this isn't going to be the worst event this year. I think it will be. I think you're uh, underplaying one of the others, I think. Um, we shall see. Uh, so we've got Robert Covington, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Judas Randall, Sabonis, and Vooch as the participants. Big, uh, big versus small, I believe, is how they normally try and do it. This will be the first event that kicks off the night. We won't go into any detail about these, but who do you think is going to win the skills challenge and why? Since doing this bigs versus smalls, I think bigs have won nearly every year, which is they quite have. interesting. <laughs> um, Bam won it last year, I know. Did Sabonis win one year? can't remember. Um, but I'm sticking with a classic, the point guard that is Chris Paul. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, Pozingas won it and Sabonis has won it as well. So you are right in terms of uh, the bigs. Uh, this is probably one we, I thought we may match up with, but I changed my mind last minute. Uh, so I've gone with Luca to win the skills challenge. I think it'll be Chris Paul or Luca that wins it. Um, yeah. And I just think that even though he's quite jovial, I think that Luca might take it a little bit more seriously, whereas I think Chris Paul maybe won't. Uh, so I just think it's going to be Luca. I think it'll come down to the shot and he'll make a good shot so I'll go with Luca to, to get Thanks. it and he's kind of in between a guard and a big so he, <laughs> he fits the big size but he plays like a guard so I'm kind of uh, <laughs> crossing my references there um, cool well let's go on to talk about the, the three point challenge then um, arguably well not arguably the best field of players for any of these events yeah what a line uh, yeah Dame turned it down due to wanting to rest um, and so did Joe Harris but apart from that everyone else that was asked said yes so they've got Devin Booker Jalen Brown Steph Curry Zach Levine Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum uh, I'll kick us off here I'm going to kind of follow my MVP betting for him to have a hell of a night I think this contest is actually what propels Steph to shoot so well and win the MVP so I'm going to go with the best three-point shooter in the league Steph Curry I've, I've literally got written down here I think Steph will win this but Liam will pick Steph so I'll pick someone else Um, so I have got a backup and I'm going to go with Zach Levine I thought Um, you were going to go Booker then to to carry on the same idea yeah to back up my MVP (laughs) shout I did did think about it as well but um, I think Zach Levine 
really, really wants to win this three-point championship. I, I think he feels like he's been dubbed just a good dunker. And since kind of putting up great numbers this season and last season in Chicago, he wants to prove that he's actually a three-point shooter as well. Um, and he is—he has been quite a good three-point shooter. He's been better this season. The shots he's been taking have been more kind of more sensible, if you will, and, and more efficient with his shooting. So uh, I'm going to go with Zach Levine. Nice, very nice. I think Chris Paul, by the way, is 40... Uh, not Chris Paul, sorry. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, both 40-1 to 1 to an MVP. Oof. Um, I think so. Well, that's Amer- in America. I can't find any in the UK, but in America, there's 40-1. to 1, So they're usually quite similar over here because they're normally owned by the same company. So could be some good odds for you there. Uh, I've gone with Steph Curry. Obviously, he's only 7-1, to 1, so much shorter odds, unfortunately. Um Cool, well, let's go on and talk about the last contest then, the one that Ben was slagging off earlier, was backhanded com- uh, comment, <laughs> the dunk yeah. contest. Uh, Zion turned it down, apparently. Zach Levine turned it down. Um, so did, uh, I've forgotten now, Anthony Edwards, sorry, turned it down. Uh, and there was another big as well, I can't remember, not Zion, but another big that turned it down as well that's a, that's a potential all-star, I can't remember who it was. But So we're left with Anthony Simons, Cassia Stanley and Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, known for his dunks in college. Anthony Simon's a bit of a weird one, but apparently Blazers fans say he's got a hell of a leap on him. Uh, and Cassius Stanley actually beat Zion Williamson's record at Duke for the for the uh, box jump, for the standing jump, and for the broad jump. So he can jump out of the gym. So I think that's why he's been selected. Uh, who's your pick to win and why? Um, so <laughs> my initial, what I've got written here, is my pick is, who cares? Oh my god! I was so disappointed with this lineup when it came out. Um, Obi Toppin, who I've only heard of because of our draft talk at the beginning of the season, Anthony Simon, somebody who can't spell his name properly, and Cassius Stanley. Just who Stanley's are you? a be- Stanley's a beast. Just who are you? Who are these people? I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, I'm sure they'll find a spicy way to do the judging this year, maybe get Dwayne Wade back to make a mistake in the maths at the end. I don't know. Um, I've not seen any of these dunk ever, so uh, I asked Grace to pick this one, my wife. (laughs) Uh, My wife. And so we've (laughs) gone with Obi Toppin from the Knicks. Nice, I like that. I think he's second favourite of the three, I'm not sure, but... They're only going with three this year because it's a half-time. Uh, and also, by the way, it's two dunks each in the first round and then two dunks for the two finalists as well. So nice. a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, I'm going to go with the favourite, Cassius Stanley, because uh, I watched Duke, uh, Duke play quite a lot. Um, and the fact that he can jump higher and more explosively than Zion is incredible. Uh, he hold, like I said, he holds the record for those awards, uh, those statistics uh, at Duke. So I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley. Uh, unfortunately he's the favourite so the odds are not going to be great but we'll have to see uh, and I hope all the players come out and watch the, the final or something after they've had a little drink at half time and cheer them on because I think we could create a bit of a good atmosphere and, and kind of I know everyone hates the field so it'd be nice if the players could come out and uh, support them uh, but I'm with Skeets from the No Dunks podcast this is going to be an underrated dunk competition because they're young want to impress they don't care about injuries they don't care if they look silly like some of the better players do they're just going to go hell for leather. That's my opinion on these three dunkers. I um, So, in the kind of will to, to breed the next crop of basketball fans, I've been watching lots of dunk contest dunks with my students this week, right? And I've noticed something that really annoys me now compared to the old dunk competitions. So, like, Vince Carter does his dunks, and then he's on his own, he's at the camera, he's walking off, Whereas now, and like he walks back to the other end of the court, that's where all the contestants are, the opposite end of that bench. Whereas now, when you dunk, everybody is on you, just piling on straight off the bench, off the side of the court. They don't even get a chance to kind of like just absorb the moment. They're just mobbed completely. And I, I want to see that back. I want to see just solo shots of the guy that's just done an outrageous <laughs> dunk. Just he might be time. lucky this year with the COVID protocols. I'm not sure that yeah. there'd be no one yeah. in the stadium, hardly. Uh, and I'm not sure players will be allowed to go up and 
mob mob each other. So I think you might might get your wish, unfortunately, yeah. due to a pandemic. <laughs> I know. Just it was just like it was watching Vince Carter turn to the camera, just going, "It's over, it's over," like mouthing it. I was like, "Oh my god, that's so good." I just enjoyed it more than the player that's just dunked being swarmed by people in God knows what the hell they're wearing, half of them, and um, Taco Fall in an outrageous coat and hat. <laughs> there you go, old man Ben coming coming to play there. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, you couldn't shout this over now because the best dunker never wins the uh, dunk contest. It's literally, I think it's like three out of the last four years, the person who everyone thought should win has finished second. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully, the voters actually get it right. Let's get Shaq and D Wade out of it. Let's not get them to vote anymore. Let's just leave, leave them out of it. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's All Star then. Like I said, we can't predict the game, but there are predictions. Uh, we've gone all different, but I knew we would anyway because Ben wouldn't pick anyone the same as me. Uh, for a pointless competition like this. Uh, <laughs> and our, our other competition, just a quick one. Uh, ben, I'm 7-3 up in our best upcoming games where we yeah. pick them, uh, pick who's going to win. Um, the the Nets won one game and uh, last week, which got with me. And then this week, the Grizz hammered the Wizards to give me a win. So we've got no games to pick, but you've got a week now to kind of think about how you do this and sort yourself out and get back in the winning column. Yeah, see if I can claw something back by the end of the season. We shall see. We, shall, we haven't got a forfeit yet. Anyone wants to tweet us with a forfeit idea, hopefully for Ben now, because the forfeits can be worse. I can accept them now because uh, I'm com- more confident I'm going to win. So <laughs> let's just tweet us at, at underscore Harvard Hoops, get those in. Um, cool. Well, that's it. Like, we've got no best upcoming games to go. We've got a couple of little announcements we want to do. Um, we're going to carry on with our, our other podcast at the moment on the feed where we talk to. Uh, a fan of a team or a writer of a team or a podcast host of a team and kind of ask them five specific questions about their team. Uh, next week, we have Dan Healy from Miami Heat UK coming up. He's probably arguably one of the busiest content creators for any of the uh, UK-based uh, pages on Twitter, so this would be really good. I've already got a couple of people that have asked us uh, questions to ask him, but if anyone's got anything else they want to they ask Dan, just uh, message us at underscore Harvard Hoops, and I'll be happy to do that. Uh, and then anyone you've got you follow for maybe some more obscure teams uh, that aren't as big in the UK and uh, message me their names because we're, we're happy to get anyone on the podcast we're going to try and do all all the teams before the playoffs start or if not by the end of the first round of the playoffs so that's my little project uh, and Ben I believe you've got an announcement for another sort of thing we're going to be doing on the podcast yes a uh, very close friend of mine keeps uh, he's messaged me a couple of times about some different bits of pieces and we've agreed and not agreed on certain points and uh, it got me thinking that we should maybe start talking about things that we potentially do or don't want changed within the league. Um, so I'm going to start every other week doing sort of a 15, 20 minute segment where we talk about and debate things that may or may not need or want to be changed within the league. Um, for example, I don't know, should the three point line be further away? Should they add a four point line? Should the all-star roster be 10 reserves instead of seven? Things like that. We're going to have a chat about the pros and cons and just get people talking and, and, and debating these small issues and see if we can make changes for the positive in the future. Nice. Very good. Like I said, we're going to be calling that the debate. Uh, 15, 20 minutes. Ben's going to host that one. Uh, so any guests as well that people can think of that they might want to get involved with that, please message us. I know Ben's happy to speak to, to a load of different people to get a different opinion, so it'd be good. I'm sure me and Ben will have an argument uh, or two on there ourselves, because why not? It'd be fun. <laughs> um, but with the main pod being about an hour normally, uh, hopefully the team specials being between 30 and 45 minutes, and then Ben's new The Debate series being about 15, 20 minutes, we've got a range of different times and different content for everyone, so we hope you all like it. It should be fun. Yeah, definitely. Please get in touch with anything you want to hear about or... Um... Anything you feel like we could change or improve on or whatever, we just like interacting with you guys out there. It's always good fun. Definitely. Cool. Um, and me and Ben together will be back next week. We'll be back to our weekend recording. Uh, with the lack of games, we're, it's going to be a bit of a different podcast. So we're going to do a team special together. Uh, so next podcast will kind of be in one. We'll kind of review the All-Star game at the start. And then we're going to do a Cavs and Mavs team special. Uh, get talking about those teams and we'll see what we think. But it should be good. Yeah, amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it as well this week, please go and look at uh, Shaq's wrestling dynamite debut. It, I mean, you've never seen better knocked out acting in your life. 
Nice. There we go. Good place to end it there. Maybe they get the big penguin on. We've got to talk about the big penguin once an episode. Let's get him in the <laughs> AEW wrestling. There we go. Oh but yeah, go follow us at, at underscore Harvard Hoops. Uh, give us all your suggestions, all your guests. We'll be happy to listen. Enjoy All Star Weekend. I'm, I'm sure we all will, apart from the dunk contest for Ben. And we'll speak to you soon.